broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is great to be with you. Appreciate you joining us as always. Redemption Thursday, Masters Thursday, first major of the year, all the fixings. It's a good day. All the fixings. It's been a minute since all the fixings. Yeah, I haven't used all the fixings in a while. Let's get to, I'm Jeff, that is Tom. Somewhere floating about the interwebs is Director Matthew. Floating about Monroe, I believe. (laughs) He is producing from afar or helping. Or at the light at Callaway and Monroe. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Twitter is at Jay Cameron Show. And uh, away we go. Tom and I today will have an opportunity. I, don't, I, I always like this. This is one of those times where I, I kind of am reminded of how fortunate we are to work in the field that we work in and how enjoyable it is to work in said field. Uh, we get to go to Doe Campbell Stadium today for practice. FSU sent. I had a suspicion, Tom. I told you that on, I don't know, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. I had a suspicion. We were going to ratchet this bad boy up. I figured, given the fact that I know the coaches are off for the holiday Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which means the team is off Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so everybody gets a chance to be with their family and relax and do all of that. Uh, I thought, I wonder, I wonder if they'll make Thursday – a pseudo scrimmage, like a little bit more intense, a little bit more game-like. Um, will they just get after it on Thursday since there's going to be a lot of downtime? You think about it, there's not another practice till Tuesday. So you got a lot of time. It's not just the holiday weekend. You got Monday as well. So I, I would guess that they would, and they are. They announced that they'll practice today in Doe Campbell Stadium, and um, they didn't say that, hey, we're going to get after it. But I think that's what it means. Well, what's interesting is it's a little bit shorter of a practice. Uh, so if you're going to do game-like stuff, you don't, you know, you skip all the nonsense. You can skip over all the nonsense where you're like, oh, this is a waste of time. Let's get to it. So I think they're going to get to the getting, my friend. I'm okay with that. Last you and year, me both, buddy. Last year, my favorite practice was the Thursday before the spring game because they surprised the players. They tipped off the media that it may be coming, but they weren't sure if they were going to do it. But they take their water break at the midpoint, which was after period, what, 11, 12, somewhere in there. Yeah, yep. 
And then they surprised players said, all right, let's go run into Doak. And they all went nuts. Oh, they Remember were pumped. That? They were pumped. The they players were so loved it. pumped. Think about it. If you were a player, though, that you would, wouldn't you? I mean, oh, just like yeah. the opportunity to step on that field anytime you can. It is, I mean, it's the Mecca. So you've got about 100 dudes just roaring, excited, and jogging with pretty good speed. Intent. From the practice fields over to Doak. And then we got to watch. They played the the war chant on loop like eighty seven hundred times, which little, is a little much, little much, little much, little much. Reminded me of my undergrad years when they would play it after for nothing. Gain of eight against us, gain yeah. of twenty two. Oh yeah, third and seven. Fire it up, 40. everybody! Fire it up! Yeah, you're like gain of forty four. Great. Well, hey, don't never go to a game in Knoxville. Rocky top at all times. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Second and seven. <laughs> Jesus. It's second and seven. Hooker up the middle. Yeah. Eight of two. Dun, 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 yeah, you're like, ah, oh, sweet Jesus. But they played the goal line drill. Buddy, I am hoping that we get the goal line game today. First to ten. First to ten from inside the five. Stops or scores. Yeah, it's fun. That was awesome. And I wish they did it for the spring game. And I will keep Crying to the heavens. Coach Norvell, if you're listening on the way in after maybe some lunch, maybe you went out for a quick lunch, do that for the fans on spring game Saturday. People would love it. They'd go nuts for it. But I, I hope, hope we get to see it today. I hope so, too. Check our sound. Apparently, my audio sounds garbled for some. I don't know if that. I bet that fixed it. I think we fixed it. Have we fixed it? Those of you in the chat keeping tabs of the sound, I hope that is correct. And by the way, I don't say that, um, you know, as a cynic. I, I'm, I'm happy that you do that. If we have audio problems, we like to know it. The operation's weird because we have to connect like a gazillion wires to make everything work for YouTube, podcast, and yep. traditional radio. And it is fixed. Fixed. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Um, yeah, that would be annoying. Admittedly, if I were listening via YouTube, I'd be like, what, what are we doing here? Can't hear the host. This is ridiculous. Uh but it happens, so we're all set up now. Hey, I, uh, I I legitimately, I thought about this. I had a friend ask me a question. He's a regular listener to the show. You know him. And I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get upset about me reading this, but I will read it because I think it, it speaks to where we're at. Um, he said, I'm kind of curious, Jeff, does the basketball and baseball teams being terrible do the basketball teams and baseball teams being terrible this year, do they make your job harder in the football offseason? Or does the football team being good again do a lot to mitigate all of that? And it's just okay to talk football from now until August. And, you know, I thought about that while I was answering the question. You know, I, I think it certainly is the latter there. And I don't always love that because I don't want to talk about Florida State football every day some point, I like talking about other things, and we do. But in this case, and we know the numbers, the numbers, uh, football plays, baby, year-round. You could talk football every day if you wanted to. Uh, I don't think it's great for my show overall, but uh, I, I think, you know, the numbers do well for that. So when we were talking, when I was thinking about this, this year it works. It really works because everybody, is excited about football. We're all finally back at a place where even the most jaded amongst us would recognize football's good. Like, that team's good. How good is the debate? Not if they are good, 
how good. And we get into the degrees by which we judge, you know, critically. We, hey, is that, are you overreaching there? Are we being a little bit nitpicky about the third string right guard? You know, like these are the kinds of things we get into. And again, I'm going to maintain that if you're trying to talk about this team as if they have a chance to win a national championship, well, then you have to compare and contrast this team's depth, talent, versatility, et cetera, coaching to those that we know can win a national championship. Like, for example, Georgia, who's won back-to-back and are right up the road. So you're recruiting against that team, just like you're recruiting the rest of the SEC footprint. And several of those teams in that conference are capable of winning a national championship, at least two. All right. So that's how we now judge this team. That is the standard. That's what you're holding them to. Until you can prove that you are kicking down that door and you're capable of doing that. Then that no longer becomes the question. If you prove it, if you prove now, I'm not saying you had to win it, but you got to be good enough to win it. You have to showcase evidence that you're good enough and that that is the new norm. That moving forward, that's just what you are. You're going to be perennially, within reason. I mean, nobody thinks every year Alabama's going to win the national championship. But they do go into every year as a preeminent favorite, as somebody who could, as one of the three or four teams in the country that you would include on the list that could win. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia. Recently it was Clemson. I don't know if anybody thinks that right now, but Clemson. That's about it. Usually four to six teams in a given year where you're like, yeah, they could. For a while it was Oklahoma. They were on that list, right? So that's where you have to get to. You have to get to that club. For FSU to be operating at peak efficiency, for us to be right, to be where we want to be, where the expectation is, you can call it unreasonable if you want, but that is the, that's the deal. So when you, when you get into that club, then we no longer talk about like the degrees of good. We just look at two or three games and go, can you win those? Because if you do, you're going to play for the national title. That's it. That's where you're trying to get to. So every time we go out there, that's what I'm judging it by. I'm judging it against that standard. Just so, just again, I reiterate this a lot. It's interesting because you are the one that pumps the brakes on this year's expectations. Correct, but I, not because I'm telling you I think they can win a national championship. Right now, I don't think they're good enough to win a national championship. Right. But I live in the middle, whereas, like, I think my expectations for this season are higher than yours, but I'm not going to judge it against national championship-level program. Well, that's a very, very small window that you're in. It's called playoff caliber. It's called you I know, think the team that gets blown well, out every year in the playoff. You know, that, that, that third or fourth seed in the playoff, I think that's where we can be. Now, perhaps, perhaps they can exceed that and be a true contender. But I think that's the target. The target is not to be a 10-win team that plays in the ACC title game alone. I don't think that's enough. I think the target should be making the playoff. These are We have so many veterans. If, if we had half as many returnees that were key players, then I might lower the expectations a little bit. But Jordan and Trey Benson and Fabian and a lot of these guys, Tatum, you know, if we didn't, we lament what we don't have at linebacker, what we aren't at linebacker, but what if Tatum didn't return? Then we'd be really, really talking about the situation at linebacker. I'm still talking about. It. I don't. I don't like our situation. You, you'd like it less though if uh, we didn't get that guy to come yeah. back. It's just all these key returners. It is. I mean, to a degree, Johnny, I suppose, but he would have had an excellent combine with all of his measurables. All of these guys coming back for one more go. 
You've got a lot of veterans that you brought in from the portal that are one-year mercenaries. This is it, man. I mean, next year is going to be a step back where I think 10 wins is acceptable, and that should be the goal. Yeah, this so year, though, it's about the playoff. What I want to look at, the way I want to view this, like if I had my way, if things arrived to the place where you know, the, all the climbing that we're doing, we got somewhere near the top, you know, to the, to the top floor there. If we did all of that, then years where you had to break in a new quarterback, the way that Alabama will be doing this year, would be years where you'd say, well, I don't know that we're going to, amongst the fan base, where you'd say, well, I don't know that we're going to win the national championship this year because it is a new quarterback. But we're not going to suck. I mean, we're going to be really good because we're loaded everywhere else. So if you, like, nobody at Alabama thinks they're going to suck this year just because they're breaking in a new quarterback. But they might say, eh, you know, we'll see. Maybe not national championship this year. You know, that, that's where I want us to get to. And that, so, so when Jordan leaves, yeah. and we go over to Ireland for this first game against Georgia Tech, 1 0. When we're watching whomever it is playing quarterback, which I also think is up for debate and a lot of fun to have a discussion about, whomever it is that's playing quarterback, I want to sit down at uh, at that stadium with my pops and family and you and everybody else that's going and go, well, this is a win, but what do you think? 11 wins? 10 wins? Probably not Probably not playoff contender this year, but right, you know, right. certainly a conference champion threat. That's the kind of conversation I want to have. Yeah, I think that's reachable. I think that's reasonable for next year. It's just when Alabama has a down year, it's they fall to like fifth or sixth. You know, that's about the farthest that they can fall in in the final top 25 ranking. For us, I feel like this year's goal is to be top four when it's that selection Sunday show for the college football playoff. And then next year, it's top 10, top 15. Like We're not at a place yet, I don't believe, where we can replenish on that level. I think our, our NIL game is robust enough that maybe I'm wrong there. But I just just looking at it where we stand right now, you check out the roster for this year, all of the veterans that are going to go from this group that we're about to watch today to this time next year, top 15, I think, is the goal next year. That's why just I feel the urgency of 2023. I feel there's an urgency in the air. It's funny. Some are happy that we're arriving, and they're just happy to be here. You can do both. Some look at the big picture, and this is what you're looking at, which is I want to have the, the capability to reload on the fly mm-hmm. and be a playoff contender year in and year out. I agree with those sentiments to a degree. But I just think that next year's drop-off is going to be significant enough that now is time to get with the get. This is your shot right here. It's weird. It's just such a small little... If we did the Venn diagram, it'd be fun. But, I mean, like, where you and I are... I mean, we're standing right next to each other, yet we we're not occupying the same space. Correct. <laughs> yeah. There is disagreement yeah. here. Slight. It is ever so slight. Like right. I can feel your shoulder. We're right there. We're right there next to one another. It's like, oh, uh, well, what, what do you mean 10 wins isn't enough? Well, if we don't win the conference championship, that won't be enough at all. I agree with you. Oh, you do? Well. Okay. Then we might be, this Venn diagram might just be a circle. Yeah, one, it could one just big be, circle. we could just all be in it. It's time. It is time, isn't it? It is time to win the conference championship. Yes, it is. It's past time. Because we think... This library book is overdue, sir. You know, by the way, this is funny. So I'm making a concerted effort right now to to get rid of things. I've got too much stuff. Have you made the call to the guy? It's coming. I have to have my ducks in a row. 
Let me explain this to everybody. He might be dead for all well, I know. Let's hope not. But let me let me explain this really quick before we get a break. We'll get back to this conversation. So, luckily, my wife does not listen to this show, and anybody who does listen to this show and has access to a conversation with my wife, please do not mention this part of the show. All right, because I'm going to reveal something to you, and that includes any of my kids that are listening later on. All right. We're going to put a circle of trust on the visual screen so okay. that people understand that this is privileged this, information. It, this is pri- Some people that listen to this show see my wife every day. And they just need to leave it alone. All right? They're just, hi, Mrs. Cameron. Keep walking. No Jeff Cameron show, nothing. It's on the screen, so now it's ironclad. Okay? So I think we've got too much stuff. I'm tired of it. I'm quick to throw away, guy. I'll throw your stuff away. I'll throw it away. I won't ask questions. The family knows this about me because I've had to lay down the gauntlet with my kids. If that's sitting here tomorrow when I come in and it's not put in its proper place or you're not using it, it's been a year, it's gone. It's getting donated to somebody who will use it or it's trash. That's it. So they know. They're like, okay. They get it. Like Clark and Bryce will be like, oh, damn, he's serious. He will throw it away. I'll find that in the trash tomorrow the big can out front not the kitchen that you can salvage yep it's yep. gone i'll bury it under some leftovers so wow you go oh, I, next you're not getting it next back. level i'm tired of it let's get rid of it so i want to declutter i feel like we have too much stuff still have cats you could have put it under the litter <laughs> we don't have cats so i i've gotten to where i want to just make sure um that i'm capable of uh Lining up the things that I believe are no longer necessary for the Camerons to have in their garage. All right. My wife has a very real disagreement about those things. She believes that items so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so we need to hold on to. I say they're of no value. They're useless. We should get rid of them. It's just nostalgia. I got it. If it were like, if that was a painting, that your great-grandmother finished in 1898. I'm not tossing it. But if it's a chair, an effing chair, that has been sitting in the garage since we got married. We've been together 20 years. We've been married for over 17. That chair has sat right the hell there this entire time. Nobody has sat their ass in that chair in going on two decades. What is the point of us holding on to this chair? What, because you remember it when you were nine? It's got to go. In that chair sits Miami football's ACC championships. So, <laughs> I, at this, so what I, I see those things. And then, by the way, I'm willing to come to the table, Tom. I will come to the table with something that maybe I don't want just to show that I'm fair-minded and reasonable. There are some things I don't want to get rid of. I don't tell her those things because she'll use it against me. But there are some things I look at them and I'm like, I like that thing. It goes against my rule. I haven't used that thing in 10 years. I haven't shown it to anybody. I haven't done anything with it. It's useless. I just kind of like it. Dictionary? (laughs) So I look at it and I think I'd like to have that. But as a good faith gesture... 
when we walk out to the garage, I'll say, listen, I really think we need to get rid of that chair. Oh, that chair, blah, 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 blah. And I'll go, well, listen, you see that briefcase? That was my stepfather's law briefcase. He wore, he, he carried that to and fro his office for 40 years. I have not, however, used that briefcase in 20, and it has sat there collecting dust, and there's no real nostalgia. He didn't use it to, like, save a life, and we should hold on to that briefcase forever. It's just a briefcase, a dated, antiquated, and worn-to-hell briefcase. I'll, I'll get rid of it. I'll get rid of it. It doesn't sound like you're very attached to the briefcase. Well, I kind of like the briefcase. Like, it was given to me. You know, it was handed down. When I first went away to college, he's like, take this with you. So... You know, I remember that moment at the airport. I was going to East Tennessee State. I was like, oh, I got this briefcase. How nice is that? It's useless. It's a useless briefcase now. So I would, but I'm nostalgic about it. So anyhow, there I am. I'm like, okay, well, I'll get rid of the briefcase. You get rid of the chair. You see, this is good faith. But she hasn't budged. So I've got to line up all the things that I think are useless. And there are a lot of them. And then have your your junk guy come. The guy you've told me about. Yep. And I'm going to do it while she's at work. He's going to pull up clandestine-like. It's a covert I'm operation. Going to sneak out with all this stuff and say, flee, sir, flee. You never saw me. And that's it. He's gone, right? He takes all the stuff. And then I'm not going to say a word about it. <laughs> or you could call Christy and say, we've been robbed. <laughs> of the- all the junk in the garage. Unbelievable. <laughs> they targeted the things I wanted to get rid of. It's crazy. I'll have to change the locks. So, no, I. the only thing I'll tell you is that uh, I'm going to do it, and then I'm willing to get forgiveness rather than permission. So what's going to happen is I'm not going to say anything, and then at some point she's going to go out to the garage to get something. She's like, what the hell happened to the chair? Uh, what do you mean? And then... and then, <laughs> What did you say, babe? I'm on my way to Capital City. <laughs> I'm golfing. I got a tea. I'll, we'll talk about it when I get home. It's a chair. I'm not getting a divorce. But the, the some of those things need to go. They just need to go. We all know what we, we all have these things. I've got a shirt that I can barely wear because the fabric is like escaping. It's oh, I can't hold on anymore. But it's so comfortable. And so the particle of like Christy sees each other. Why do you have that? That shirt you can't even wear that shirt outside. Why do you have it? I'm like I, I really like that. Was shirt. It from the Glenn Miller concert you went to. <laughs> Uh, all right, we're not, circle of trust is over. We're good. I'm just that's why I haven't called your guy yet. I'm getting stuff lined up, and then some random Wednesday in May. The time is now. The Falcon has landed. He's gonna come racing around the corner, and the garage is already gonna be open. And I'm gonna be giving him the merry-go-round third base sign. Let's go. The ghost of Arlie Ermy is there. <laughs> Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Orchard TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash 
all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day. And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. I watch the rain settle in, disappear for days again. Most of us will stay in One of my all-time favorite songs, and that's the Drive-By Trekkers song with Jason Isbell singing. Speaking of which, that documentary comes out tomorrow, HBO. See, that, that's a good place to be. Like, if the JCS could ever get that big, that'd be a good thing. Meaning, I have the kind of money to produce documentaries that I want to see. That's what Bill Simmons does. He just produces things he wants to see, and i got to give him credit. He's got good taste in music, so he's producing this Jason Isbell documentary on HBO. Two years in the making, though. Like, they went back and he, I don't want to ruin it, but it'll be on tomorrow on HBO if that's your cup of tea. I'm looking forward to it. Interesting. Two yeah. years. Post-pandemic. Like, it would make sense if it was 2021 and you said that. Well, yeah, pandemic I, got I, I think what I had read was that it had been in the hands of a bunch of different people and they couldn't quite complete the vision, what they were going for. And then Simmons got involved late when he heard of the project and was like, okay, well, I got the money, and we need to do this right. Let's edit this and do this and do this. And it was cool. It, the interview revealed some cool things from him today. Just a 
ballpark guess out of you. How many documentaries have you watched? Oh, I, that's my favorite form of the medium. So I thousands, probably. Yeah. Okay. If you could produce a documentary on any topic, oh my goodness, you would ever you you could think of, and you have unlimited resources to make it happen. To be the Ken Burns. Oh, I don't know. I don't know because a lot of them have been made. I love history, and a lot of the subject matter that I care about in history has been done. I mean, it's documentaries have had a renaissance. I mean, they've been like people look at things like Netflix. I'm not saying Netflix specifically, but things like Netflix. They now pay directors to do like they have a core group of about seven guys that make these things that they like. And they, they're churning them out one after the other. Because you know me with my serial killer love. I would have done the Night Stalker. Well, they just did. I would, I, again, I, the Zodiac Killer. I would have done that. That's an intriguing case. They never caught him. But that's been done. Not only has it been done, they made a damn feature film out of it. And then there's music docs that I would have done. I wanted. I would have wanted to do a long one on the Beatles. Well, guess what? Somebody beat me to it. It's eight hours long, and it's the greatest documentary ever made, not called The Last Waltz. So what are you going to do? I mean, I would have been screwed. Um, I don't know. I, I, you got to give me some time on that one. I think I could think of something really, really good. I've had ideas before that I've jotted down, and then, I don't know, you just put me on the spot here. I can't think of one right now. I didn't, well, maybe there was always something in the back of your mind that, you know, they never did this right. I've never been satisfied by a documentary on X topic. Yeah, well, so Lewis and Clark is a big one. Oh, there you go. So I would do an extensive eight-part Lewis and Clark documentary. It'd be hard to do a documentary, but you know what? Yeah, four I, parts. Yeah, 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 maybe four. I would, I would do it. It would be a really long documentary about Lewis and Clark because that still amazes me. And I have a bunch of material on that, including the original journals and all that. I mean, that's. Look, I don't have the original, the original, original journal, the copies of the original journal. Say, but look I do at have, you. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> how you've been spending your gambling uh, winnings. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I, I think that's high on my list because it's such a, a fascinating story. I, it's, it's also absurd, like just to imagine some of the things that encountered in those moments. What if you that's did the it, first time you saw a f- effing grizzly bear? How about if you did a documentary on your first trip to Augusta? Dave Doherty got me on, on the, in the chat. He got me thinking about it. He said the Masters. What about your trip? You could do a, a six-part documentary on your trip with Trey to the Masters, and you could document it minute by minute. Um, that's funny, but it would be really boring because most of the documentary would feature me driving to Augusta with a smile on my face. <laughs> the bulk of what I did before arriving at Augusta was this. Listening to music, driving down the road, whistling. <laughs> I'm going to the Masters. Calling people to tell them I was on my way to the Masters, that kind of a thing. Yeah. That's about the extent. I could be a guest on the documentary yeah. for that one. <laughs> Tom, you wouldn't believe what I did today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. And then Jack took his driver out and hit one 350 down the middle. That he didn't do. It was like it was 1992. But I had a good conversation with him, which was cool. Documentary of Jeff asking the dead guy's family for the master's passes. That's a funny 30-minute sitcom, and it happened. It's a real thing. I didn't ask for the passes. I was asking my dad to wear a green jacket to the viewing to remind the family of those passes that have been left behind in the desk of the dead man that had promised them to me. 
he had to go up and die on us. Found out he was a closet raging alcoholic, and we had no idea. Dude keeled over out of nowhere and cost me my opportunity to go to the Masters. And my dad, to my dad's credit, because he's not as, uh, maybe not as cynical as me or as blunt as me, perhaps. When he called to tell me the dude uh, died, I, uh, I waited like a, one beat. It was just one beat. It was sort of just like a, one beat. And then I was like, Dad, do you think? <laughs> he started chuckling. He's like, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Well, hey, man. You heard him. He told me he was giving me the badges. They're just going to go unused. He wouldn't want that. I did the thing that I hate that people do. I, I went ahead and translated what I think the dead person would have wanted. Everybody does that. Oh, he would have wanted me to do this. You don't know that. I don't know why I can't shake it off, but just the way you said closet raging alcoholic. <laughs> he was. Apparently he was downing bottles, liters. Every day at work, and people didn't know. The sickness is nothing to laugh at, but it's just the way you <laughs> said it. I don't, I don't know. Well, he was. You know how good he had to have been at hiding the fact that he was that kind of an alcoholic that nobody noticed, and he's down in a fifth of Jack every day, and people were like, "What? <laughs> nobody had any idea." This reminds me of the NFL Sunday story that you have with the, oh, yeah, oh, that's one of my favorite. Yeah, he's dead too. Imagine that. But yeah, he did. He, I knew he was on the fast track to death. Poor, like we get our NFL Sunday started, do we? Woo! Kickoffs an hour away. They haven't even made their picks yet. His name was Artie. That was my favorite part. Is his name was Artie, and he fit perfectly within that framework. Artie walked into the kitchen and just, I mean, just. I'm like, good Christ. That's a massive, <laughs> it wasn't a solo cup. I mean, it's a massive thermos. Yeah. It's like I mean, a, it's getting after it. 32 ounces. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's 1045 a.m. Got the big games coming up today. What, what I think was it's the, week four of the NFL. <laughs> what was the handle of? I think it was, it was Jack, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. God. And I just remember going, holy moly. And then the best part about it was when he finished pouring all of the Jack in, he just went, just a little splash, a little, little splash of Coke. Just for it to sizzle. <laughs> so he could justify it. Just a little, just a little, just a little, put that, let's top it off there so we don't go straight Jack. I can say out loud, it's not, it's mixed, what? So Mr. Uh, Grounds passes and Artie would have gotten along is what you're saying. Those two would have been like, you're my kind of friend, partner. And, uh, yes, they would have gotten along swimmingly. My man was uh, apparently going to work on a Monday. Not coffee in that there thermos. Oh, man. I know. That's rough. Reminds me of somebody we worked with in the past who would send, if an email came in before 8 a.m., but that 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. window didn't make sense. So Anything was, after so 8 a.m. was It was okay. the night before. It was the pre-shower. I, I guess Pre-shower, so. pre-coffee. Yeah, they'd be like, hey, Tom, I've been thinking about... And that's what it would read like. It would just be garbled nonsense. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll ask, it, I'll ask you about it at the 10 a.m. meeting. Uh, about 10.30 a.m., I'll 
send a response here and maybe you'll be aware of the fact that nothing you just wrote it's incoherent what what are we doing here those are letters out of order there's too many consonants there man i need a vowel (laughs) all right i gotta get this thing back on track so i'll do it next jeff cameron show 93.3 real talk radio war chat tv Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se, and I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, It had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Apparently, there are numbers to be had out there at Augusta today. The course playing incredibly easy as Victor Hovland has made a mockery of uh, the grounds at minus 6 through 12. Okay, Victor. By the way, Victor was not in good form heading into the Masters. Not even a little bit. He had stayed steady north of 70 for the vast majority of his rounds recently, and I thought, oh, well, I'm not picking Victor Hovland. Son of a, he's laying in the weeds. He backdoored a, a first page at the uh, players, but yeah, that those don't match up. Those uh, results typically don't match up with Augusta all that well. well I think his last twelve rounds were. I mean, he, he you know he shot in the seventies. Uh, he really struggled, but uh, my man is at uh, minus six. 
Patrick Cantlay, who's never contended here, is now four under and in second. Okay. Uh, well, no, that just changed. Sorry about that. I was going to say, I didn't see him there. Uh, that was an on-the-fly mistake on ESPN's leaderboard. How about that? I caught it in real time. He was second, then he was removed completely. <laughs> and I think that's because he's minus one, not four. They misposted. We'll see. Uh, anyhow, those of note, and there are a lot of them. And Victor's about to at least birdie the 13th. He's on in two. Wow. Eagle putt from about Well, 20, and that's 20 been the site of a lot of controversy about 13 and what, that, what that's going to look like, but uh, who would go for it and who wouldn't. John Rahm is three under through 11. After four putting the first hole. A little four putt will hurt your feelings to start your master's experience, but apparently not enough to have an effect on the next holes in which he's looked really good. Yeah, he eagled number eight, which it's reachable, but you don't see a ton of eagles on mm -hmm. number eight, mm -hmm. but he got there. Cam Young uh, has played well coming into the tournament. Is playing well right now at three under. Uh, other notables, um, raging piece of garbage that is Patrick Reed is at two under. Yeah, lives off to a good start. Uh, well, let's see. Patrick Reed is. Who else? Brooks was at two, and so was Cam Smith. But I, that was as of maybe ten minutes ago. Yeah. Cam, I think, has fallen a little bit. Let's see. We'll have to see. He's at minus one. Uh, but anyhow, long story short, we'll see a lot of golf to be played and apparently some weather on its way. Really tragic to see Bryson DeChambeau's having a rough go of it today. <laughs> you know, I, I, you just hate to see it next to that other. I'm not going to say. Very fine, gentlemen. <laughs> you got nervous. I, I was going to, it was going to be an over the top descriptor of Bubba Watson, but I'll leave it alone. He too is struggling. Oh, well. Well, you know, my kid, he just loves the aces. <laughs> it's like me growing up rooting for the Steelers. Is it, Bubba? It's the same. Households all across the country. I love the aces. Also, since I'm going to put this out there, it'll never come true. But if uh, Gary Woodland somehow, some way is on the broadcast over the weekend, let's hope he makes the cut for a hole in one. Just smile for me. Just smile. I decided that I'm going to play a prop of one player for any time hole in one in a tournament. And you took, you took for Woodland? every major. Yeah. Yeah. Because the odds were astronomical. There's a bet you can make that Jason Day finished. I think this is a good one. That Jason Day finishes in the top 20 and that there will be a hole in one in the tournament. You couple those two. What were the numbers? So they're good. It's, it's like 400. It's, 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 I can't remember. I saw it earlier in the week. I got to go back and look at it for you, but it was, wow. it was high. Okay. That Jason Day finishes in the top 20 and that there will be a hole in one at some point in the tournament. 450 to one or something like that. You could, you could, yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. The, that's, they're getting better with gambling and golf. It's not just now like low rounds and total numbers and, you know, all that stuff. They're doing a lot of prop bets that are fun. You take three guys to finish in the top 40. You know, and that's that's pretty cool. We just need to get with the getting in this state. But yesterday, yes, we uh, do. on ESPN's coverage, I, before I left the house, there was the par three on one of the TVs downstairs. Then there was the sports center coverage, the extended discussion points. And that's fun because they go to the range and they talk about each golfer. Andy North watches. They cut to Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth on 12 practice round. Jordan puts it on the back fringe and Jordan's about to chip 
for birdie. And Andy North says, I, I got three to one here that he makes it. <laughs> Come on, long on the way. desk. On the desk. On the desk. And the host goes, Really? Three to one? He goes, Yeah, yeah, I think three to one's a good number. I you know, he's going under the radar, but you and I monitor for the purposes of this show and the family of Cameron Show listeners, uh, those that are on their way out in the broadcast world because there's evidence of shakiness. Mm. Andy North is on my list, buddy. Uh-oh. I'm I'm locked in, just like I do with weaves and any sort of uh, perm or wig or anything like that. I'm always like, mm-hmm, I see you over there. But Andy's Andy's kind of stutter-effed his way through a couple of appearances recently where I've thought, mm, I think Andy may be in trouble. Is Vern still on the call <laughs> on 16? I'm legitimately asking. Is he still on the call? I wonder. You'll hear it. I mean, you will hear him. Vern, just pull the mic away. Good God. I know you're fat. It's hard. That you Vader. don't have to. You just don't have to breathe all up in there, man. Let's go. Everybody can hear that. But you you watch. I just want to put it on everybody's radar, okay? Hovland. What a shame. And he's great, and he has been great in his and career. One of the nicest guys. Yeah, everybody says that. I have nothing. This is not veiled shots no. at a bad guy. No. That you know, No, no. It's I, just he can't breathe. When he wept for his final Army-Navy game, it was hard to keep it together. He just looked straight into the camera well, and was so sad that it was his last game. I remember that. That he, was he, he knew the Reaper was right around the corner. 20, well, apparently no. That's seven years ago. He's still he's still he, hanging on. He sensed he was there. Every now and then he sees him in the rear view. That was 2016. That was uh, Army getting off the schneid. I was glad that Vern could see it through. Yeah. Vern's great, but it blows me away when you hear that. You just, how a producer isn't like, Vern, just cut his mic for him. Well, we've been over this. We have pre-shot, pre-show meetings. You know when we're coming to you, which groupings. I tell you well in advance. It's in your ear. Yeah. They also give him the squeakiest chair on the property. You can hear that, too, in the background. Uh, he's a big Come on, no. I wasn't teeing you up for that. That's just legit. These are these are very preventable things. It's like, remember when uh, on the old ESPN radio days, uh, Bob Valvano had the show on the weekend? Yes, he did. That yeah. dude's chair was the squeakiest thing in the world. Quietly, a very underrated show. Bob was good, like dry, but new stuff. Lots of things. Bob was versatile. You know, people never got a chance to hear him, but he was good. He was kind of like a dry wit, the whole deal. You know what the truth is about college basketball? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what it is. But he would throw down. It was never some just sort of cursory BS. You know, I'm going to make it sound like I'm giving a real opinion, although it's nothing controversial at all. He'd come back with something like, I'll tell you the truth about college basketball. My brother wasn't a good coach. Jesus, Bob, he's dead. I mean, let the man, I mean, it doesn't, why would you do it? Total fluke. Yeah. We all know what happened there. Incredible luck, good matchups. Anything can happen in a truncated tournament. It's like when he beat me at horseshoes in 73. Look at the whole of his career. Tell me what his record is now, outside of that one great run. (laughs) And he got busted by the NCAA, so... There's that. Did he? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that part's true. Yeah. But, I mean, it's 
every college basketball coach has cheated, it seems to me. That's one of those ones where, like, the steroid argument for people who are, like, pro-bonds and everybody. Like, well, I mean, the whole league. Fair enough. That's a good point. It's a good counter. You might be right. Canseco may not have been exaggerating for once in his life. When he said 70%, that might have been a low estimate. When we look back at it now, you're kind of like, sure that's not 90%, Jose? Because the more that we know, the more you're kind of like, I guess I got to go with that one. Like, yeah, maybe everybody in that era is in. Why does everybody's forearms look like thighs? It is funny. I, when you go back and watch highlights of that run, the, the, the home run <laughs> chase, it's not just McGuire and Sosa that come up while you're watching. Just take a look around the infield when they come up. You're like, oh my God, every one of these guys are yeah. like competing for Mr. Olympia. They're playing out in San Diego, and there's Cam and Eddie. Oh, oh, my God. Who's dead? Yeah. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. Well, he was never going to make it. Remember Galarraga? I don't – you think he was on it? Dude. He was a big dude, but he was a naturally big guy, though. He was You're going to give him the Jim Tomey pass? I may. I think he's just a burly guy. Jim Thom? I'm going to uh, – Jim was just a country dude, just a big country dude. Country strong. Sure. He w- well, he was. Yeah. I don't know if he was he on the He and Manny that. were on the same page with the baggy uniforms, though. But Jim, but Jim had those massive forearms that looked normal. Like Manny, when you caught him without his baggy shirt on, you're like, that doesn't look right. You look ridiculous. <laughs> you look like you have 2% body fat. What are we doing here? We all know you ain't working out like no. crazy. Uh, he you're was, Manny. He was, yeah. So The best I, example was Giambi, though. Oh, well, yeah, when he <laughs> lost 45 pounds. How much weight have you lost? 12 pounds. Get the hell out of here. You look like you're on the verge of death. You've lost one full Justin Thomas. Yeah, that was that. Was, I stood next to him when the Yankees played the Pirates in Bradenton spring training, and he was, came walking by the gate where I was standing, and I was like, look, at, my man has lost an entire human being. And it was on the day that the reporters came cascading down upon You could tell he was caught off guard. Yeah. And they were, what? Did you change your diet? <laughs> it was one of the questions. Like, yeah. Yeah, stop yeah. eating. I'm not putting a needle in my ass anymore, if that's what you mean by diet. Yeah. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with us. Jeff Kemmerson, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV.